0: answering your tough financial questions for the past 26 years it's allworth's money matters with co-hosts scott hansen and pat McLean. this week's show was pre-recorded at an earlier date Would you like an opinion on a financial matter you're dealing with? Whether it's about retirement, investments, taxes, or 401ks, Scott Hansen and Pat McLean would like to help you by answering your call. To join Allworth's Money Matters, call now at 833 99 Worth. That's 833 99 W O R T H. Welcome
1: to Allworth's Money Matters. I'm Scott Hansen. I'm Pat McLean. Glad you are with us on this, the 4th of July weekend, right? Uh, Yeah. It's the
2: Fourth of July. We're not taping. This is a taped show, so we're not actually here on the Fourth of July. Yeah, yeah, we are not. I actually don't know where I am on the Fourth of July, but what? I don't know where I'll be on
1: the Fourth. of Okay, July. it's been recorded because we don't work. We're not working on Fourth of July. So. But fine. we still have a fantastic program for you and relevant topics, relevant information, and new to you. So it's not like it's, we're doing any reruns. You know, it's funny because I was talking to someone. And I think we uh, pre pre pre-recorded shows will state now. Television, it's very common they'll do pre-recorded shows and air the shows always with guests and everything else. But um, radio, I think historically has been more live shows. Although most so often shows now are are run at a different time than what you. In any case, it's irrelevant because we're here. (laughs) But thank you, (laughs) both myself and my co-host here, both financial advisors. And uh, help people with their finances. You've been a listener of this program for a while. You um, kind of get a, a gist of what we do. And if you're new to us, uh, welcome. And I think you're this is an education-based show where we want to help people with their finances and make and, wise choices with your money. And people call us, and they ask questions. And if you'd like to
2: do the same, it's eight three three ninety nine worth eight three three nine 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 six seven eight four. And we will—that's a toll-free number— number in case you um were born and have a phone plan from the 1970s where they charge you a lot of money (laughs) which
1: i remember those days
2: i remember uh i remember that um calling my grandmother after like six or seven o'clock at night on sunday night um because that was the lowest time for long distance. You
1: were, what a nice, we were showing off, got to call your, you're calling your grandmother. Well, it wasn't, it was the whole family. Oh, okay. It
3: wasn't <laughs> me, <laughs> but
1: thank you. I remember as a kid, um, I, my parents split up, and I, so I would I kind of bounce back and forth a bit as a kid. But I would go visit my mom, and I'd, particularly when I was old enough to drive in high school, I'd go visit her. When I'd come home, she would say, Call and let it ring once and then hang up. Because that so you didn't have to pay the toll, but that way mom knew that her little boy made it home safely. And did you? Yes, but I would argue with... I recall arguing with about mom is so ridiculous. <laughs> if I get slaughtered in a car accident, you will eventually hear about it. Yeah. Now, as a parent, I pretty much said, let me know when you get there. Text me when you get there. Like, Dad... Like, you, just text me when you get there, please, because I don't care if you're 24 or whatever. You'll know when they're they like, hey, I put this on Venmo or PayPal. or." And this is a total side story, but I find that an interesting one, as you may as well. When my daughter was in college, her, her and her friend were driving from Southern California, her college roommate, up into, we have a little cabin up in Tahoe, and they were driving to the cabin late at night. And my wife likes to, would like to track the kids with the, their phones. So she would track, which I never liked doing because I just, anyway. And she wakes me up. My wife wakes me up at like four in the morning. Scott, Jessica, she never made it to the cabin. She was supposed to text me. She never did. And I'm looking here in the phone and she never made it to the cabin. So I wake up. I look at the phone. Sure enough, <laughs> it looks like she's on the side of the highway somewhere, right? Oh, it's not what your dad wanted, you know, as a father. father yeah, yeah. Like. So what do you do? So I call the patrol. No report of any actions around there. I call the local hospital there. No, uh, you know, 19-year-old girl came in. And it, what it turned out was the find your phone was not that accurate. Oh. And my daughter had forgot to text when she arrived at one of them. And so the find your phone thing. Made my life worse. Showed something else. That, I don't even know why I talked to the story.
2: But I, we were talking about folks. I called an an 83-year-old aunt that I hadn't talked to in about a year. Just I called her earlier this week to see how she was doing during the corona thing. Um, <laughs> what? Well, I I didn't wait until Sunday night. Your good deeds. Oh, you didn't wait till you didn't have to wait till Sunday night. Uh, no, no, I'm going to talk about all the good things I've done in the last couple of weeks
1: for <laughs> <laughs> others. Show for others. <laughs> I keep a list. I called my aunt. What a good person I am. Yeah, I got a Boy Scout badge. All right, let's take some calls. All right, 833-99-WORTH is the number to be part of this financial program, which we will get to. I guess it's 4th of July. It gives Maybe it gives us a little more leeway to talk about levity. Um, yes. Um, Angie, we are talking with Angie. You're welcome Welcome to All Worth Money Matters.
4: Thank you. Hi, Thanks Angie. for taking my call.
1: Thank you for calling.
4: Hi. Yeah, so I just had a question with um, the coronavirus and stuff. I heard that the rates have gone down for mortgages and was wondering if now is a good time to um, to refinance if you have maybe a higher rate.
2: Probably so. And what is your rate?
4: So um, my rate's a little over five. Um, it's like 5.1 something. And um, I, we do have an equity line as well. It's like four point nine nine.
2: What's the value of the home?
4: Um, I would say around one hundred and fifty.
2: And what do you owe on the first? And what do you owe on the equity line?
4: Um, the first is like eighty three thousand, and the equity line's got about twenty seven thousand on it. yet. And so how old are you? Got, um, I'm forty eight.
2: So I, you absolutely should refinance.
1: Yes, you'll save a hundred
2: percent. And you should look at refinancing into a 15-year fixed-rate mortgage.
4: Okay, that's what I was thinking. Yeah.
2: Because that way it'll be paid order. off
1: when you're 63. Okay. And the rates are going to be like two and a quarter somewhere. Yeah, there, yeah you're, two you're, and a half or something. Your payment won't go up that much at all.
4: But does it matter it who, that like one? I have a Wells Fargo. I mean, does it matter who you go through? Uh,
2: so most loans, regardless of who you go through, are brokered loans which means mm-hmm. that they just push them out into the marketplace to wherever they can get the best price for it. So uh, it doesn't matter. I I personally like using brokers over bank
1: brokers. That's just mine.
4: Right. Okay.
1: Um, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, this is a, okay. yeah, it, this is yeah I would do this first thing next week. Yes. Immediately, okay, just, yeah, you'll save a lot. And I, as, I mean, I could run the numbers later, but I, my guess is that your payments would be, might even be less, on a fifteen-year
2: rate. Would you
4: combine? Oh, yeah. Combine oh yes. the, yeah, yeah, oh yes, yeah, yes. Just combine those two yeah. together. Yeah, do you owe
2: anyone else money? Yes. Who else um, do you owe yeah, money we to? Ha-
4: well, we do have some credit cards.
1: And, How much do you want I to I do? Not roll those into the. home. Oh,
4: yeah. Oh, yeah. I, Scott, I disagree. Uh, no, maybe. I would.
3: Wait, wait, They already
1: have twenty-seven thousand dollars <laughs> line of credit. You're gonna to get to retirement with no yeah. money left, and hundred and ten thousand dollar balance on a hundred and fifty thousand dollar. But how much do you own credit cards,
3: <laughs> Scott? Oh, Scott and I we, differ
2: yeah. on this opinion. It, it depends. So, so Scott worries about you
1: psychologically. No, I worry about her getting mm-hmm. to retirement to spend in the home.
2: Understand, but but it's a cost of money issue. She can get
1: another. She could probably get if the house appraises for one fifty. She can get a hundred and twenty thousand dollar loan with an eighty percent loan to value. Thank you.
4: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: <laughs> thanks, Scott. What do you owe
2: on credit
4: cards? So we have probably about another 25000 in credit card debt. Oh. Yeah.
2: Okay. So and yeah, how new what's your is credit? That? What's your credit? Yeah. What's right. your credit score look like? Probably like
4: 800. Oh.
2: And, and what, what's your approximate income?
4: So my husband works, um, you know, I'm not working right now. Um, but, um, yeah, he, he's the main provider and, um, I was working before COVID just a part-time job, but I've been mostly a homemaker.
2: And how, how new is this $25,000 in
5: credit card debt?
4: Um, it's not new. It's kind of, yeah, I've been trying to pay it down and I have looked at your money map and um but I just think with not enough income it you know, we'll pay okay. it down and it goes back, you know, yeah, with needing yeah. S- groceries, S- gas. We're not like we don't buy um, just whatever. Okay. But unfortunately it's a, it's a I'm gonna go with Scott with here. Income. I'm gonna go
2: with Scott here. Do not put the credit card debt into the home. Just refinance this no, in I the won't. first and second. Into a fifteen-year fixed-rate mortgage, and then get on a spending plan because okay. this credit card debt will derail your retirement. Okay. Right. You spend. Sounds- you spend more money than you make. You're like, you know, if it's it's what it's actually it's an American thing to do. It's so American the federal government has decided to do it uh, as well on a mm-hmm. daily basis, which is to spend more money than they actually take in. But that's an issue that you need to address.
4: All righty. Sure. Okay, well, And I talked so to someone this time. week,
1: Angie. I think it'd be helpful for you.
4: Okay, great. Thanks right. for your And then um, and then really, really from that
1: um it's probably finding a, a a program that will help you get out of credit card debt. I mean, um you know, Dave Ramsey is obviously nationally syndicated um, um I don't know what you I don't know what you call him. But a financial counselor of some aspect, right? Yeah. Um and I think he does a great job for this sort of thing. Yes. I mean that's primarily what they're really about helping people get out of debt get their home paid off it's about getting their financial house under control uh, and um, I think it would I think you'd probably benefit from that or something very similar to that yeah uh, let's uh, continue on calls here 83399 worth is the number we are in Colorado talking with Linda Linda you're with all worth money matters
3: hi thank you for taking my call
1: Thank You Linda
3: so I' have- question about um savings bonds uh my sister passed away without a without a will and she left some um savings bonds that are in her name uh and i don't know what to do with them
1: uh are the sorry about your sister's passing by the way are the um uh, do you have a physical form do you you have the bonds now
3: yeah i have the actual bonds
1: I would take them to a local bank. She, does she So where are you in the estate? Where where are, you, where are you in the process of getting the probate and all that? You're in Colorado. I don't know what the probate's I'm like. I'm in
3: Colorado, or. and I've just been appointed as her personal representative, and the heirs have been notified, and the letters of administration have been okay. sent out. Okay, so but you've we- got the letters. Yeah. yeah.
1: All right, so then I would go to the bank with the bonds, and a copy of the death certificate and the letters from the um, uh, the court, court. and uh, get them transferred.
2: Yes. And by the way, the, the bank is not
1: going to be happy to see you at all. Because they don't make any money on this, but yeah. they're the ones that have to take
5: care of it. Yes, it is.
3: Okay. Well, as far as her bank, it's been closed because she had beneficiaries. And so the bank... Account has been closed and the beneficiaries it, have been paid. So it doesn't
2: matter so what. Just, it it doesn't, doesn't matter what bank, bank, your any bank, yeah. bank, oh, bank. Any bank. Any bank. Whatever bank. They have to. If you have a friend that works at a bank, now is the time to ask them for a favor.
3: I don't know anybody that works at a bank.
2: <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so you, when you go to the bank and they say they can't, it 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 won't be unusual for them to say we can't help you. They're huh. required to help you. Hmm all right okay but it. it I mean, is it's a,
3: not a lot of money it's thirty six hundred dollars i mean it's not like millions but it's well, look, a lot of money i mean thirty
2: six hundred dollars yeah. is a lot of money yeah i mean i don't i care
1: yeah. where you go
3: like up. fifty thousand dollars or anything like that but yeah i could use thirty six hundred dollars
1: yes 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 <laughs> so go to the bank and how when okay. did you how, how, just out of curiosity what's the probate process been like in colorado
3: i pretty small. Oh, well, I have an attorney, so it's I just yeah, do what right. she oh, said too. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I did this, but I do have um, one more question if you have time. I yeah. called another time, and I was asking about um, investments, and Primerica came up, and I got the impression that that was not uh, – you know, I could do better as far as what I was paying them to maintain my my accounts. I have a mutual fund, and I have a small traditional IRA, mm-hmm. and I'm paying them – Fifty dollars a month to maintain it, and I—I I got the impression that there may be other companies that don't charge as much.
1: Yes. How much is in the account?
3: It's less than ten thousand dollars. Less than ten thousand dollars. you pay him, you
1: get for fifty bucks a month.
3: You mean as far what are what uh, uh, you, you get? Your, in are services? they doing well?
1: Are they doing
2: financial planning for you? Are they consulting with you? Um,
3: yeah, they do financial. Pl- it's just somebody that I know from church, and I was, you know, helping her, no, kind I, of sort I of helping her out. She was helping me; I was helping her. But yeah, they do financial planning.
1: So they're doing some- it
2: for you. Say again. Are they doing the financial plan
1: for you? Yeah.
3: Yeah.
1: So there's. So here, here, here there are certain levels of um, qualifications in financial. Advisory, right? And so the, the standard in our industry is someone who's a certified financial planner. In order to earn a certified financial planner designation, one, first of all, has to go through college. So they have to have a college degree to begin with. Then there are six coursework that they need to complete and a comprehensive two-day exam that's quite rigorous. They need to learn things such as estate planning, investments, insurance, etc. cetera. It's a lot of work to go through to become a, a certified financial planner. If I were to recommend to somebody who to talk to, it would either be someone who has a certified financial planner like that or a chartered financial consultant, someone who has a lot of experience in financial planning. Having said that the firm that you'd mentioned uh, a I'm not here to point out, let's say it's a good firm or a bad firm, but my understanding is their model is much like a multi-level marketing uh, group where they recruit others to come join and to sell financial products. It's not, it's not what I would consider financial planning, and it's not the kind of financial products that – it's not the structure that we so would you're, recommend.
2: So if you have 10000 invested with them, you're paying $600 a year, which is a 6% cost. So if you're not getting the financial advice from them and all you're doing is paying for your investments, you're paying about 600 times more than you should.
3: Okay. What did you say about $600 a year? I missed that.
2: You said you're paying $50 a month for the, for the services. Yeah. Right. That's $600 right. a year as a percentage of $10,000, which you said your investments are, that's 6%, which means okay. that if you're just getting the investment advice from them- you're paying way, 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 way too much. If you're getting real financial planning, which includes debt, they're recommending either you buy term life insurance, that you should pay down mortgages, all of those things, uh, then it might be worth it, but if all you're getting is the investment advice and you're paying six percent, no advice.
1: You can get a lot cheaper, and I imagine the funds that you have are quite expensive. Quite expensive as well. well, yeah.
3: as well. So, well, I'm earning um, dividends. I guess that's what you call it. Yeah, you're Interest, not dividends. Whatever. You're not earning six oh, percent.
1: You're not earning six percent in dividends. In dividends, you're not earning six percent. You're earning maybe two. I would go back to what I just talked about with the qualifications of someone being a financial advisor. If this, uh-huh. pers- if this person has those credentials and does a good job for you, then it's probably worth the 600 bucks a year. But otherwise, I guess it's not. Anyway, appreciate the call, Linda. We wish you well. Um, let's continue on with calls. We're going to talk to Tom in Chicago. Tom, you're with Allworth's Money Matters.
6: Um, yes, sir. Uh, I have a question about when to take my benefit from the government-run Pension Benefit Guarantee Corporation. Um, I can take it. The first opportunity I had to take it would be early next year. Tom, did you
1: you work for a company that went bankrupt?
6: I did. It was an insurance company, and they went out of business. And That doesn't sound good, by
1: the way. When it's an insurance company going out of business, they're
2: And, And you said the earliest
6: you could get out of two is when? It would be on my fifty fifth birthday, which is March of next year, okay, so I have to apply within the next couple of months if I want to take it okay and if I delay that, I could delay it up to seven years in the future, and of course every every period of time that I delay it, I get more money yes and um i would I would get if I take it next March, I get about six hundred a month if I delay it till the maximum, I'd get about nine hundred a month, so it's not much of a difference. Um, about $300 a month, which is not going to make a big difference. I don't think well, it's, my retirement. it's 50%. Yeah.
1: It's,
2: it's, it's significant as a percentage. How much money do you make?
6: On- um, a hundred thousand dollars a year. And are you married? I am not.
1: And uh, you're, you're not planning on retiring next year. Is that
6: right? No, no, I'm not.
2: And how I much, would- how, well, how much money do you have in 401ks or IRAs?
6: Um, in February of this year, I had about $850,000 in assets. I would not
1: I would not take this until they made me. That's right. I unless know. you had a terminal illness or something.
2: Yeah, unless you had something that would significantly shorten your life expectancy, you're better mm-hmm. off to defer.
6: Well, here's the, here's the rub. And I read the report, and the Pension Benefit Guarantee Corporation says their entire corporation is in, and I quote, a difficult financial position today. Mm-hmm. The single employer program continues to see improvement. However, it still faces considerable risk. So, I'm worried that if I wait, they're going to cut me, just like they might cut Social Security. Multi-employer plans in, are in are in dreadful. real trouble.
1: Yep. Yeah, they're real yep. trouble. Yep. Yep. Yeah,
6: they're they're out of money in this. Yeah. I think uh, the report said 2025.
1: They've been they've been so uh, talking think? about bailing those out for the last number of and years. And
2: those and those came from a lot of the. You, uh, uh, airline and um, um, bankruptcies. Okay. So the, what you have at risk here is what you have at risk here is $300 a month between now and age 62.
1: Yes. Cause your benefit amount, your benefit back. amount is if you were, is so small that even the pension benefit guarantee corporation, there's a maximum amount that they'll guarantee towards. So for a 65-year-old I forget the exact number it's 50 some1,000 or 60,000 dollars a year. And then every year you are younger than that, it's, it reduces even further. So if you are, if, like you mentioned airlines, if you're an airline pilot and went through the bankruptcy re, let's say someone had just retired and they were receiving a pension of 150 grand a year, suddenly that 150 grand was 35 grand, or 50 60 grand or whatever the next year. So So mm-hmm. your situation here,
6: are you worried about it? Well, I want to maximize the amount of money I get. I'd like to take it right away, uh, take, take assuming it. that the government makes. Not, well,
1: to your point, it's not going to make one yeah, difference. Take, take it if you're worried about it. Take it,
2: right? So what? Mm-hmm. What? 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 Look, from an economic dollar and cent standpoint, I based on your income, it. you should defer it. But Scott, on his point, which is, look, if the PBGC goes bankrupt, which, by the way, was set up to help plans that went bankrupt but it very well (laughs) could go bankrupt itself it's 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 the equivalent the fdic for pension plans sort of kind of because the premiums that go to pay it are after after from existing defined benefit pension plans the problem with existing defined benefit pension plans is as those get shrunk which they have
1: Less plans out there.
2: And public plans don't participate in the PBGC. So that's the last of the defined benefit pension plans. It gets harder and harder to subsidize this program until the U.S. government just takes it over directly.
1: Because other companies saying, we can't afford the – we see it now. They we can't, I can't the, afford the – The premium The premiums, the, the pension benefit guarantee corporation is too high. We're yeah. out of here.
2: So the last companies – and companies will actually go into bankruptcy to discharge some of their pension obligations. It's not unusual. So the question is, wh- if it goes into bankruptcy, what will they look at in order to determine who's going to receive the final bit of dollars out of there? maybe it's their income and it doesn't have anything to do with the pension that
1: they're paying, Scott. We have no idea, right?
2: Do you think that they go and poll Scott? That they would go and poll all the people? Yeah. So papers? here's the
1: assumption: Let's so the Pension Benefit Guarantee Corporation becomes totally insolvent. They don't have enough money to make all their their payments any longer. That's, and, they, that's, and they say right? that's what Tom's worried
2: about. We're going to stop paying. The question is: Do they stop paying everyone, or do they stop paying? So Tom's worry. I'm with Tom. Tom's worry is: I should get it while I can because this thing might blow up. And oh, by the way. If it hurts me in the long term, a few hundred dollars because I took it early. <laughs> right. I hear where you're coming from. It Based on your income, based on your income.
1: I just said, I'm kind of thinking if we're at the point when the Pension Benefit Guarantee Corporation reduces a $900 pension from a retiree.
2: but the, But it may not be based on that $900. It could be based on overall net worth or his other income coming in at the time that they decide when they do it. Because Social Security never looks at what you paid into it, it. right? Um, So I could, if you want, I could spend the rest of this show (laughs) arguing for both sides of it. Uh, But I will say at the end of it, Tom, if it makes you more comfortable to take it at 55, take it at 55.
1: It's not going to, it's not, we're talking about $300 a month not going to make or break your retirement regardless. Correct. That's what I think you said if when you first
2: call. And if you believe it's going to be insolvent, then then take it at fifty five.
1: I'll do it. Okay. Good. All right. Good. Appreciate the call. This is good because I think you know, you know it's funny. Appreciate the call, Tom. And sometimes uh, listeners will tell us what's they'll. Like, we're, we're formulating our own opinions as we're kind of debating through this, right? Right. Because no, we don't know the answer.
2: Well, you'd ha- the only way you'd know the right answer is if you could tell me what, how the government was going to react. If yeah, they, clairvoyant. The chances of them becoming insolvent or not needing a bailout from the U.S. government is very, very—something's going to happen with this.
1: Yes, particularly now.
2: Particularly I mean,
1: now. not right now, but I mean, but it was the, bad before March of 2020.
2: But the economics told us, the economics, w- which were based on tax law, because if his income was zero, not $100,000, we'd tell him to take it today. But his income's 100000 so our fear is he's going to pay out at a higher margin But if rate. he had
1: no retirement savings whatsoever, we'd say um, wait as long as possible. That's right. That's right, too. And we've got just about a, a minute before break here, so... <laughs> because i want I want to talk a little bit about these variable annuities, and we're seeing a tremendous increase in the usage of variable annuities the sales of yes I don't quite get it you don't get what
2: I don't get why people are buying it well they're they're being sold, sold. <laughs> that's why that's why they're being sold,
1: yeah, so we'll talk a little bit about um that and what other options you've got. Uh, and making sure that your, your portfolio is structured well because, you know, in times when there's uncertainty, we, people, people can make bad choices, and we don't want to see that happen with you. So anyway, we're going to take a quick break on this 4th of July. When we come back, we'll continue on with calls and talk a little bit about the variable annuities. Uh, our contact number to join the program, 833-99-WORTH. You're listening to All Worth's Money Matters.
0: This week's show was pre-recorded at an earlier date. Can't get enough of Allworth's Money Matters? Visit allworthfinancial.com/radio to listen to the Money Matters podcast.
1: Welcome back to Allworth's Money Matters. I'm Scott Hansen. And I'm Pat McClain. Happy July 4th. And no fireworks this 4th of July. Nope. At least in our portion of yes. the country. Yes. Is, uh, Maybe somewhere's got them. I imagine somewhere in the south probably does. <laughs> <laughs> how how every
2: geography responds to uh, this COVID nineteen um, is interesting. And why it did
1: it, be. why did it? You know, it, it was it was first called the novel coronavirus. Novel meaning new, which I found fascinating. That every everyone writing about it through the word novel. So a, a reporter had been working for two and a half years for some publication who's never actually used the word novel. Suddenly was writing novel cor- coronavirus. Like, do you want, it's just also it means it's new. Like, someone just chose to have the word, so everyone decided to pick it up. It's funny how vocabulary goes like this. I know. No. But then it, we don't. Now it's the it's COVID nineteen. Yes, not the coronavirus.
2: In fact, I was reading an article COVID-19. this morning.
1: COVID nineteen. It's COVID nineteen. Yeah. I understand technically the difference between the virus and the. the Yes, but on. Anyway, it's right. irrelevant to what we're talking about. <laughs> okay. Well, <it, laughs> why did I bring that? It up? is a financial
2: talk, talk show, so let's All try right. to stay on topic. Um, let's
1: um, let's take some calls here. Let's. And talk. if you'd
2: like to join the show, if I'm sorry, Scott, 833 99 worth. That's eight three three nine 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 six seven
5: eight
1: four. We're in Denver talking with Matthew. Matthew, you're with All Worth's Money Matters.
5: Hey guys, thanks for taking my call.
1: Yeah, thank you for joining us
5: question for you. My um, financial advisor has been encouraging me to um, get into investments that are more trying to save me taxes at the retirement stage and paying all those taxes up front, kind of the opposite of what a 401k would be, mm-hmm. more like a Roth. So is he but recommending he the Roth? It? He's recommending the Roth. Okay. Um, but he's also recommending, because we, we've maxed out I'm a, I mean, I, um, I own my own business, so we have been doing SEPs and doing, uh, calls it the backdoor Roth.
1: Okay. Yep. Oh, good. Okay.
5: And another item he had brought up is he calls it a variable life insurance. Okay. And to me, it sounded like a, like whole life, but he said it's different. And he said that can be something that will save you quite a bit of money when it comes to using that in your retirement years. I don't know if you've heard of that or what yeah. about, yeah. about that. Yeah, yes. Um,
1: so how many employees do you have?
5: That's uh, just myself and my wife.
2: Okay, and are you both on payroll?
5: Uh, no. What,
2: how about doing a solo K? And uh, which is the max, it has higher limits in this app.
5: Oh, I think You could put like that.
1: 55 grand a year into a solo K. Okay. Right. So what's your approximate income?
5: Uh, it's usually between three fifty and four hundred depending on the year.
2: And how much money do you have outside of retirement plans? A nice little business, by the way, Matthew. Uh how much money do you have outside uh retirement plans? Like in brokerage accounts, stocks, bonds, something like that.
5: Oh, probably like seventy five thousand.
2: Okay. You're not and, and do you have kids? Yes. Are you funding them uh their retire or their retirement uh their college education through a five twenty nine plan?
5: Um, I actually am retired military, so I passed over my GI bill to those guys. Oh, all right.
2: Very nice. Um, are yeah. you using an HSA?
5: No. Well, I have I have my health insurance through my military retirement. So. Okay. Oh, even better. Good for you.
1: Um, uh, so, yeah. the, uh, so can I ask a question? I was trying to. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, how much life insurance do you currently have?
5: Um, about $1.2 In
1: term insurance. And what do you owe on
5: your house? Yes, in term. Uh, I pay it off my house. Good for you. How old are you? Uh, Forty-nine.
1: How old are your kids?
5: Um, I have a eight-year-old and a twelve-year-old. And is
1: are you having any military pension at this point?
5: Uh, my military pension will kick in at sixty.
1: And what if you predecease? Is there still a pension there at sixty?
5: Yes, I'm passing that on to um, my wife.
1: And how much is that going to be?
5: Fifty percent. So it'd be um, it'd be right around. I'll get if it's my retirement at sixty, and when I pass away, she'll get half.
2: And what what, what's the dollar amount? Sixty thousand. And she'll get half of that. Yes. I want to see how you answer this, Scott. What do you mean? I'm, I'm curious. Uh, uh,
1: well, I think you need more life insurance. Okay. And what do you think he should, okay. what, how do you think he should? Term f- Cheap term insurance. And you need it, well, you, you're probably, I mean, you need some until you go into retirement. But you're, I mean, if you died today, the 1.2 million is your, your family's going to have a tough time maintaining their lifestyle, even with your home being paid. Yeah, it's not nearly enough. So you probably need two and a okay. half million. Yeah. And it's cheap. You probably so need, I, the concept of buying a variable life insurance, every once in a while that makes sense, the challenge, the the that you pay way more for insurance than you do for term insurance, way more. Mm-hmm. And they also have additional fees inside of them. I, the, 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 the fees are much more than the tax
2: savings. And when they talked about how you can mm-hmm. borrow out of it, you probably heard the whole spiel, you can borrow out of it. And you can withdraw all your money first, then you borrow out of it. And as long as the life insurance policy is enforced at the date of death, then it's all tax-free. Did you get that
1: spiel? Yes. Okay. Yes. Can't you do that? And what if you bought the, a total stock market index fund? And did the same thing with a lot less cost.
2: And by the way, I've never,
1: ever, ever seen one of these work.
5: <laughs> oh, okay.
1: Over 50% of them are uh, lapsed within three years.
5: They so, get so. Oh, no really writes it out.
1: That's right. That's right. <laughs> so, and by the way,
2: you don't have enough liquid cash anyway. So, if you were sitting down in an office with one of our advisors, well, is your
1: advisor is your, well, your a commission based advisor, or he wouldn't be recommended. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Right. We would say increase your life insurance, term insurance, go to selectquote.com or one of those other online and increase it to two and a half at a minimum. Okay. Two and a half million dollars at a minimum. Even if it's a ten year level. Convert from that SEP to a solo K to increase those okay. contributions. Get some life a little bit of life insurance on your wife.
1: Right? Uh maybe a okay. half a million dollars.
2: And then uh buy the S P five hundred or the t- ins-
1: You didn't need life insurance on his wife. I think social security benefits uh received the social You th- think
2: he a little?
1: Whatever. It's not material, is what you're
2: saying. That's right. Okay. He's got plenty of income to pay for it. She it's does cheap. Work, It is cheap. She does work at the company. Oh, okay, all right. I'll take that back. Does, does she not?
1: You said she works at the company, correct? She
5: does. Yes. Okay.
1: And where does your financial advisor work? Who's his employer?
5: Um. He works for a company called Tax Savings Pros. Okay. Well, then oh, I was Florida. expecting an insurance company.
1: <laughs> I, I just not I, look. I we're just not big fans of of. Variable... It sounds like you were doing all the right things, um, but I would have... Uh, you, you need some more life insurance. And there's, those products, I just don't like them. Yeah, and so... And I'll okay. be... Full disclosure, I own one. There was a product that came out years ago that was designed just for people in the industry, and they stripped out all of the fees. And the way I paid for it, I put a single lump sum into it, and I have it such that... um I'm not even buying much more, much insurance in it anymore because the, the 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 securities have grown so much over the years, um, but it's one of those things that it's it's, it's I'm never going to be able to spend those dollars. Well, the you way it's designed, you wouldn't buy it if it was a fully commission no product. Way. No way. They offered those to try to get you hooked on it, and I
2: still didn't so, buy them. So 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 what you need to do is solo okay, K term life insurance on both you and yourself. Increase. Uh, Years to two point five million minimum, half a million dollars on your wife, and then start putting money after tax into you do the backdoor Roth. You're doing all the right things there. After tax into a brokerage account and buy the total market. Okay, and you're
5: doing great.
1: By the way, you're you you obviously you are you're doing great. How, How many years you been out of the military?
5: Actually, I just retired.
1: And you got a, you're running your own company that you're net in for you. Holy smokes. <laughs> He's probably
2: thinking I should have retired before.
1: <laughs> Thank you for your service, by the way. And I love hearing stories no, like thanks. this. No problem. Uh, great job. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Great job. No, I'm really. Uh, know, yeah. And it.
2: by the way, be suspect, a little
1: bit suspect of your advisor, by the way. Okay. Well, anyone who sells uh, products, so the you- problem the challenge I have with commission based advisors. It's not that they're not good people, or ethical people, or educated people. It's that they have a conflict. If he's going to earn a fat commission, which they do, by selling you a financial product, there's just that. There's always that. There's that conflict. That's he knows if he recommends you put more. If he recommends you switch to a a solo K rather than your SEP, he's not really going to make any commission because it's it's piddled the commission he would make on selling you uh, how big a policy was he looking at
5: to sell you we haven't got down to the details all right yet. okay well good but that he was- might be making
1: five ten grand a commission on yeah. selling you, or yeah. more yeah. on selling your product so okay would, yeah. i wouldn't buy one
5: so perfect okay good to know all
1: right appreciate that all right thanks matthew yeah good luck matthew and with those little kids and all that stuff um but he does need life insurance. Most people need more life insurance. I've never seen uh, a, a someone who's had too much. And I've seen, I've, Pat, and I know you have as well, been in this industry long enough where you're sitting across It's typically a, a widow. I'm just right in my mind right now. Widow with kids trying to figure out how do we make these, these dollars last? How, oh, yes. How do we put the kids in school? Do you have to move? I've had that conversation. I have too. You're going to have to downsize. I've told someone you're going to have to downsize. This is the family home we've been in. I'm like, yeah. You can live here for a couple of years, but long term, you can't, it's not going to work. Yes. Or you got to go ahead and get a career somehow. Did it with the, she
2: was a widow with four children under the age of 15. I did actually the applications for financial aid for the whole family to get into college. Had to tell the daughter she couldn't go to the college that her dad told her she
1: could go to because they couldn't afford it. Term life insurance is pretty cheap. It's inexpensive, and for whatever reason, people buy less life insurance today than they used to. Like half half of half the amount that they had thirty years ago. I don't quite understand it. Probably there's less salespeople out there. It life insurance
2: Scott is not the coveted sales position it once was. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Like, who's the guy from Groundhog Day? That's a churn sales guy. Ned the head. <laughs> Ned the head. All right, whatever. All right, <laughs> uh, let's continue on with calls but Everyone here.
2: knows Ned the head. Ned the head
1: was his nickname in high school. He ran into Bill Murray and he was trying to sell him life. Insurance. Yes. Yes. All right. Let's, uh, let's talk with Steve. Steve, you're with all worth money matters.
7: Oh, thank you fellas. Hey, uh, have a question today. I retired, uh, three years ago. And at that time, uh, my advisor and I set up a, uh, a balanced portfolio. We were about, you know, 60% equities, 40% fixed income. And, uh, and we set up a bond ladder. And so as those expire, you know, we would try and, uh, push out the extent of the ladder, yeah. but the last year and a half, we've not been able to find any good options on, uh, on uh, bonds,
2: uh, and when when and you say so, bonds, were it was a corporate muni, corporate, corporate, okay, yeah,
7: corporate, yeah, there, and those are all in the uh, tax free uh, account, um, okay, but so yeah, your t- t- retirement
1: account, your tax deferred account, is that what you're referring to? Exactly, got it. Okay,
7: yeah, yeah, and uh, so you know we've been uh, had some in cash, and that's built up pretty big. I mean, probably more than, well, I know more than it should. And replacing that uh, with equity. So we're getting kind of heavy on the equity side. And uh, I figure, well, that may be the path we're going to go with the way interest rates are. But um, the question boils down to your recommendation, should we be leaning more towards index funds or more towards individual stocks? And if individual stocks, how many would be a good number to have in an account. You know, I'm not a full-time uh, financial advisor or anything. Yeah, let me, yeah, no, let me, it, at, let me answer know.
1: that last question first. How, If you're going to own oh, yeah. individual stocks, studies have shown, statistical studies, you need between 16 and 20 individual stocks to get full diversification. In other, in other words, to, to mitigate individual company risk, you need 16 to 20 stocks in a portfolio so, at a minimum because you're at a retirement stage, right?
6: Yes. You right, can't so th-
1: mess this up. Right. <laughs> um,
2: your job is not to get rich. Your job is to not be poor.
7: Exactly. <laughs> right? So no, some people, I mean, get, no, no, yeah. people get confused that and they, yeah. Think yeah. They,
2: they, they think that now that they have money to invest that they're supposed to get rich. That's not your job. So what scared me is what you just said that you started with a 60-40 portfolio but now you said you're taking the proceeds with these bonds mature and buying more equities. What's the portfolio today on a equity versus fixed income, um, percentages. Oh
7: gosh. I think we're down to, uh, it's certainly 70%. Uh, part of that skewed a little bit because we did put some preferreds in there. And so, if you if you just pull up the equity balance, those preferreds are shown as equities. so. You, you, you uh,
1: there's been a couple of statements that I've confused when you, you stated that we've looked at some bonds, we put some preferreds. So, are did you did you hire an advisor who's doing this work for you, or
7: uh, no? I, I, I have all my accounts with uh, Schwab, and so you know we have a fixed income specialist. That
1: okay. Okay, so you are account. the portfolio manager. You're
5: deciding
7: yes. where <laughs> yes. this okay. money I
2: goes. I was getting uh, confused because I'm like, and and all they're doing is rubber stamping your recommendations.
7: Yeah. Well, no, they 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 provide the uh, options, the uh, suggestions, and then it's my call. Yeah. On you say, the say I want this is the product that. I'm
1: looking for, and they say that we have these. These 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 products that meet your needs. So here's how we do things. So here's why I would not do a portfolio like this, personally. Uh, first of all, on bond ladders, I'm not a fan of corporate bond ladders unless somebody's got 20 million bucks or more in bonds because you can't get enough diversification. And I recall in the financial crisis, I had a client, let's call him Steve, had a bond ladder. One of those bonds was Ford Motor Company. Was not it a Ford? That was Ford or G? Yeah, it was Ford. Ford. Got wiped out on it. So he wanted the bond ladder to avoid the cost of a mutual fund because he thought he didn't like that concept and because he didn't like the concept that the mutual funds never matured. So he, he kind of talked me into this. At, 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 and I remember we, we had a bond ladder and it was, I don't know, 15 percent of his bond portfolio that evaporated overnight because it was Ford. And for, wh- and for what? It was triple. And for what? And for what? For what? Bonds are supposed to be the secure piece of your portfolio. They're not there to try to get to get rich. And here you have a, a significant loss because of some unforeseen event. We're actually in another, another unforeseen event, right, when companies are... We're tr- and, we're we could go through the list.
2: WorldCom, right? Pacific Gas and Electric. I mean, we could go on, but the, the, we only have 10 minutes or so <laughs> left in this radio show.
1: I think you're making it much more complicated than it actually needs to be. And like- you're either doing it for one or two reasons. Either, well, maybe... One, you might enjoy this stuff, and so you enjoyed being a take being an active participant, which might be fine. Or you, you don't you don't think advisors are worth their money, which maybe. Or you, there's no one that you know and trust. Or a combination, right?
7: Uh, I'd probably disagree a little bit on that.
1: Okay.
2: S- so. Uh,
7: and, and the only reason I mentioned that is uh, having worked with. Bond ladders. When I was managing uh, some government agencies, you know, that was a key part of our strategic plan, and I, so I always felt that as long as they were diverse, of good quality, and had the then how many how turns,
1: many bonds in your portfolio do you have?
7: Well, I think we've got about uh, two hundred fifty thousand, so there would be ten different bonds.
1: All right. So, quite frankly, that's it's, so now. It's, it's, so. One goes south. And it's a 10% loss. And it's a a 10%
2: for what? So the answer to your question is, I think you need to get back to that 60-40. And rather, rather than actually use bonds in the portfolio, I would look at bank CDs at this time. And I I wouldn't necessarily look at using the ones that are offered through Schwab. I would actually look at going directly to the banks and putting them in in the IRAs in the bank. So if you go to bankrate.com, um, and I assume that you're not going really long on the bond ladders. You're not going out at no. long maturities. You're you're going to get right. higher yields off a of bank CD than you are on a short maturity, even corporate, at this point in time. You're going to have the FDIC insurance. It's going to get you everything you need. The stuff they're going to offer you through your brokerage firm at Schwab is probably not the highest yield you're going to get if you go to bankrate.com. So. We have clients that are in similar circumstances, and we tell them exactly that. Look, for this little bit of the portfolio, it may make sense to actually put it in a bank CD. Not your local bank, but it's probably some online bank synchrony, something along those lines. That's where I would go with it. And I okay. disagree, I couldn't disagree with you more about the diversification in your bond ladder. I could not disagree more. And you're not going to know it? Hopefully, ever, you may die and be right. And I hope that's the case. But having managed billions of dollars, I'd rather pay a little bit more and get broad diversification on the portion of my portfolio that is the bedrock that the rest of the portfolio is built on.
7: So if we're looking at these CDs and using the bank rate uh, site... How far out would you be looking to go?
1: I wouldn't go more than
7: 12 months. Oh, just one year at a time. Well, okay.
1: you don't, but you're answering a hypothetical question, Pat, because the reality is we don't use bond. We don't do bond ladders and we don't put CDs in retirement accounts. Well, that's right. <laughs> okay. But uh, so we, we use, we, we, most of our equities are in index funds. And then for our fixed income, we also use indexes. And then where we try to get some higher returns, we use some active managers. And roughly half of active managers have been been able to outperform the index. Much better track record than actively managed mutual funds. And that's what... You're right, Scott. I am answering a hypothetical question. you are dealing with somebody who says, uh, I I have my own way of doing things, given the way that I want to do my things, how should I do it? And you're answering that question. That's correct. So, okay.
2: It's hypothetical. It's not necessarily what I listen. Not, and
1: it may work fine for
2: you. Yeah, but it's not necessarily what I would do with a client. If you were sitting in my office, I'd fight with you. I'm like, you're doing it wrong. Uh-huh. You would fight with you. Yes, of sure. course.
1: But if they're, you would said, try to
2: convince him that there's a better way. That's right. But if I lost that argument, I would give him the next best That's option. Correct,
1: which is what this is.
2: Which is what this yes. is. Because right. he, he
1: but then
2: he already told uh, us he sorry, disagrees with there. our bond ladder,
7: Scott. So um all right. What was the uh, question? But uh yeah, getting back to the equity things and so you you would recommend index funds over the twenty individual oh, stocks. every day. Oh okay, that was yeah, that was the key part because as they're building up it's like, you know, these are going to be too many for, you know, if I'm getting up to 12 even or 15 stocks, it's like, oh, man, I don't, you know, know You're, how to manage so, all these
1: things. Yeah. So you've, you've seen the study, Steve, right, that shows that the active, actively managed mutual funds, the vast majority of them underperform the indexes. Right. So what you are saying is like, yeah, I understand that most professionals can't outperform the indexes, but I can. That's what you just said. Oh,
7: okay.
2: That makes sense. You said it. You didn't say it in those yeah. words, and yes. But you I, said it through your actions,
7: right? No, that's what I was looking at because, as we look, as I've looked at this money coming in, you know, I have the bulk of my equities are in index funds, you know, the Spider and the International Value Fund and all that stuff, or Vanguard. But um, I've had these, you know, should I add these stocks over okay. there? And that really was my question. As this money is coming from maturing bonds.
2: Yes. You, you, uh, you, you, listen, unless. It's rolling it
7: into the bank rate short term, or if I have room, you know, not getting too heavily onto the equities, then just just keep loading up on the uh, index funds.
2: Well, uh, co- correct. But you left the thesis that you started with three years uh, ago. It's 60-40 was your thesis. And you no longer right. stick to that. Yes. You do not have a strategy. Yes. So when
1: you ask our strategy, our clients, here's what actually happened on the retirement accounts. In February of this year, When because last year was a large run up in the market, we did a rebound. So we sold, it was actually a day beyond the the peak. Not that we predicted the peak, just because with the discipline we stuck with our plan, rebalanced. The market fell down thirty some odd percent in the coronavirus. We rebalanced again because now we were underweight stocks. We so wanted we to bought equities, and then we just recently did another rebalance because the market's been so volatile. That's sticking to the plan. So your plan was sixty uh-huh. percent stocks. You've increased your risk. Uh, considerably since that time because you don't like the other alternatives, which is, you know, it's funny. We talk about why the stock market is where it's at. It's because it's lack of alternatives. And what you just did was played right into that thesis that there's a lack of alternatives. Are you a retired engineer? No. No, you're not. Okay. Not, and it's not, I don't mean anything negative about engineers. Sometimes they're, yeah. You're making it uh, much more difficult. You really are, Steve. And,
2: uh, probably more risk than you actually are aware of in the portfolio. Well, uh,
7: yeah, that that makes sense. I appreciate your info. And so, again, if to get back to sixty forty, uh, because like I you said, sell, right now you I sell
2: have, your stocks. You sell the stocks. It's in an IRA. Sell the there's, no, there's and
7: and then buy the CDs or buy a bond index fund.
1: Well, maybe maybe. Wow, we, well, we would use. A, you, I mean, our clients would have a handful of different index funds. I mean, yeah, a handful correct. of different fixed income correct. funds. In their portfolio but you kind of scared me a little bit when you that said that are designed that, to work with one another with a lot of. But you just
2: scared me a behind. little bit when you mentioned international value. Is that mid, large, small cap?
7: Uh, no, that's a Schwab. That's a, the uh, the Vanguard Total. Fund
1: XUS, you know. So okay, got it. It's not uh, called the U.S.
7: Okay, All
1: right, because you said that
7: international component. Anyway, you know, that, that, all yeah. right. Well, good I'll luck. be real honest run. with
1: you, Steve. I've been to this a long time. Great. I don't think you're doing yourself any favors. I-, I honestly believe that, and I think a good financial advisor would help you. It would, I think, you'd yield a higher return over the long term. I think you'd be taking less risk, and I think you would, um, unless you really love what you're doing. um, I think you could benefit from that. I wouldn't have him manage my portfolio. No. And you might not take him on as a client because he might argue with you too much on things. Maybe. Sometimes people are their own worst enemies sometimes. Yes, yes. Anyway, we're out of time. Uh, Great being here with you. Enjoy the 4th of July celebrations if there are some celebrations near you. And um, we'll uh, love having you back on next week. Uh, In the meantime, go to allworthfinancial.com. Great tools there. See you next week. This has been Scott Hanson and Pat McLean, Allworth Financial.
0: This program has been brought to you by Allworth Financial, a registered investment advisory firm. Any ideas presented during this program are not intended to provide specific financial advice. You should consult your own financial advisor, tax consultant, or estate planning attorney to conduct your own due diligence.